Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. You're listening to Garibaldi Red, a Nottingham Forest podcast brought to you by Nottinghamshire Live. Well, we've heard your voice there, but you're not hosting today's episode, bizarrely. I've stepped out from behind the scenes, producer Dan, I'm often referred to on this show, um, to host today's episode of Go Rawley Red slash Facebook Live, as Sarah is still off. So that means you have taken Sarah's place as the uh, the Nottingham Forest expert. Matt, how are you? <laughs> I'm all right. I'm tired. We've been talking about how um, it's been a long day for both of us, and I've had my kids daughter's party with three six-year-olds going mad and eating too much sugar um so yeah it's been tiring but uh yeah fruitful for forest getting uh knockout in yeah the flip side of that though is that you have told me you've got some extra chicken wings left over in your house so once this is over you'll be stuffing your face with those i assume yeah 21 chicken wings uh we didn't eat them all so i, I think there's about about 10 left and and six cookies so i might go for that and you can tell it's a mad deadline day, isn't it, when it's 8 o'clock and we've spent the first minute of this talking about food. So let's talk about <laughs> knockout. Then there's three comments coming already with knockout, exclamation mark, exclamation mark, exclamation mark. So I'll take that as Forest, Forest fans are happy with this one then, even though it's only a loan until January, I understand you've told me. Uh, well, yeah, they should be happy, shouldn't they? It's a great... I mean, he's 28, but he's got promoted three times from the Championship with Brighton, Leicester and Fulham. So he knows the league inside out. He's at the prime of his career. Um, but it feels like he's been around for a long time. He should be well motivated because he's been um, well outside the Fulham first team squad this season. So he's got a point to prove. I think the interesting thing about it is it's only until January. We were all led to believe it was going to be till the end of the season. So it's only until the festive period, which I guess you could read a few ways Um Fulham are really terrible, aren't they, in the Premier League? So uh, if they're still terrible in January, they might want to bring him back to try and revive their season. If he's playing well at Forest, then they might want to sell him. Uh, Forest might try and buy him. There's an option there. I don't know what the fee is. Um, So it's kind of a bit up in the air beyond January. There's a lot of avenues it could go down. But I think instinctively it's good news to get a player of his quality in. Uh, Forest was short on wingers, uh, which is a bit mad in all the signings they've made. So he's exactly what they needed, uh, even if they don't get Kamal Grzycki, which I'm sure we'll talk about. Uh, and it's just, I think it's a massive boost for Forest, even though it's so many signings. He is as good a signing as any championship club has made uh, since the end of last season, I would say. It's almost like we've planned this a little bit because everything I was going to ask you, you've kind of just. Uh, glossed over a little bit of it all there anyway I was going to ask you about even though you've signed I think this is 14 now um, did you did you think you needed a winger still because at some point you have to say oh, we've signed a lot of players here surely we have to stop now yeah I think it got to the stage in the latter days of Lamutia I was getting kind of actively annoyed when they signed a player because it was so many and you kind of thought like Cafu um, he might be a good player I've not seen him I don't want to rule him out but you kind of think, well, how's he going to get a game? I think Daniel Story was talking about that on the podcast in the week. So I think it's different now with Hewton because he wants to bring his own players in. 
and knockouts proven. And I do think he's what they needed when you say about a winger. They've got uh, Lolly, Amiobi and Alex Mighton as the kind of specialist wingers. And when you look at them and you go through them, I mean, Lolly uh, was brilliant a couple of seasons ago and he was good last season, but he's been struggling with injury and his form's been poor this season. Amiobi has been really good transfer uh consistent, a lot more consistent I think Forest fans thought he was going to be, but he's not the bloke who's going to get you 15 goals and 10 assists or 10 goals and 15 assists, that kind of player. Um, and then Mighton is, I think he's going to be class and I think he's going to play in the Premier League sooner rather than later, but he's very raw. So that leaves um, uh, Knockhart as the guy who can get you 15 goals or 10 goals and a load of assists and can put a good dead ball in, which is an area Forrest has been lacking in. So he is exactly what they needed, even though, like we say, it's been so many signings. I, he's probably the first one I felt really happy with since uh, Arter, I suppose. Yeah, Harry Arter I was happy with. But like I said, it just did get a bit mental in the latter days of Lamucci. Obviously, they backed Lamucci, giving him... Uh, all, all that money to spend, or you know, whether it's money or not, you know, still saying here, you know, go and sign these players that you want. Do you think it's a good sign that they've now brought Hewton in? And this is obviously clearly a, a Chris Hewton man, a Chris Hewton signing that they've brought him in and said, right, well, you know, do you still think you need any more business? Yes, here's Anthony Ninnock. That's a good thing, isn't it? Yeah, and it sends a good message because, you know, there's been the talk of interference from above. So to say it's a Hewton signing is an important. Um, important step and it sends a good message that the new man's able to bring his players in and it is to the credit of the board uh well the owner Evangelos Maranakis that he's put his hand in his pocket to such a degree at the moment with all the trouble that there is you know in football and we how badly clubs are struggling there's there's no other championship club that's gone about it like this so it's to his credit um, but it, is, it has been a bit mad. So we'll have to see how the squad settles down now. Obviously, we'll, you know, there's the Grzycki question, uh, which we'll talk about in a minute, I guess. But um, after this, this is it till January. And then you have to give Hughton a fair crack and see what he can do with it. We'll talk about Grzycki then from, from Albion. Um, I think the deadline's five o'clock, isn't it? And they can submit the, the paperwork until five o'clock. You always hear about um, deals being done late and they, they get over the line later than the deadline itself. But it's almost eight o'clock now. Does that mean that this one won't be done or could it just pop up you know, out, of, out of nowhere in the next 10 minutes or so? It could. I mean, I've got um, got an alert. You know, I've got my phone ready. Uh, waiting to hear anything. Um, so as we understood it, uh, the terms were agreed with the clubs and they were both happy with it. And then it was down to Grzycki to get it, uh, you know, agree to come and get it over the line, which has has been a problem. It's been a bit Ross and Rachel with Grzycki. Um He's been so close to sign. It's been a bit on and off for ages, going back through previous windows. So they had till five o'clock to submit the papers. Um, and I've not, I've not heard if that's happened or not, if it all went through in time. I think it could rumble on till tomorrow. Well, again, you know, it won't go, um, you know, they're going to play Blackburn tomorrow. So we'll know by then. But I wouldn't be surprised if we went to bed tonight not knowing exactly what's happening. We just have to wait and see. There's people commenting, uh, you know, saying it's happening, it's not happening in the comments I can see, which probably sums it up. So, I, you know, I'm waiting to hear. Um, and then we'll just know, really. I don't think there's much more you can do. Is he a winger as well, or am I getting confused with somebody else? Is he a central midfielder? 
No, he's a winger. He's 32. He's a current Polish international. So he's even though he's 32, he's still a good player. Where he only he signed... He would... Yeah, I think he would if he signs. I think he'd play wide left and um, Knockout would play wide right, cutting in from the wing. That's how I'd imagine it would be. Um, yeah, I mean, Grzycki only signed for Albion in January, having done so well at Hull, um, but he can't get in their Premier League team. So that's where he would fit in, which would leave Lolly, Amiobi and Maiton, not in the coals, but pushing to get into the team. So, But to be honest, if Grzycki doesn't sign... I would still say, I'm going to write a piece about this later, that it's Forest's best squad since they were relegated from the Premier League now. I mean, it doesn't mean it's an easy job for um, Chris Hewton by a long stretch, but I think that it's the best group of players they've probably had since um, either... Well, the Billy Davis squad was good and the Paul Hart squad was, was good in the sense that he developed players. But on paper, this is as good as it's been for a very long time. Um, challenge for Hughes now is that he's got 30 players and how he blends that into a side quickly to start winning when the team, um, you know, can't buy a goal, can't buy a point. It's not an enviable job, but I think that Hughes has got all the uh, tools there to work with if he's given time, which is always the commodity that's lacking at Forest and in football. I want to talk about the pressure of the squad because obviously a difficult start to the season to put it put it lightly. Loads of signings, new manager comes in. How how quickly now do Forest need to pick up some points to to have a decent season this season still? Because it's only what four games gone. Yeah, it's four games gone, four losses. So how many can you take to get promoted to get in the playoffs? They could probably lose another seven games. Six. No, I think they could lose. <laughs> yeah, maybe. I think to go up automatically, they can only lose another three or four or something like that. So, yeah, the pressure's on straight away. I think if you look at the games coming up, they're not... There's a lot of them in a condensed period, but they've got Blackburn away, which is going to be tough because they're playing well. Then Rotherham at home, which you would be should be confident of winning. And then Derby and then Luton. And they're not the worst fixtures to have first up. If they can... Um, get, what, seven points from those four games, nine points from those four games. The table looks a little bit different and then you start edging up into December and January and suddenly if Forest the mid-table and then, then you could be that team that breaks from the pack and gets into the playoffs. So there's a lot of pressure there. I think there's still time to, to turn it around, but it's going to take a, a hell of a job from Houghton. I mean, you know, if he does manage to get this team up this season, it will be the an incredible achievement. I don't think it will happen personally. I don't want to uh, have people on here saying, you know, don't talk nonsense because I don't think it will happen. But if he <laughs> is here, if he is here next season with some this squad and not another 15 different players, or maybe he actually would want to bring his own players in. Yeah, well, yeah, he might want to bring his own players in anyway. We might see, he might not fancy any of this lot. Um, yeah, but I'm, I'm rambling to say I think he's the right man for the job, but he needs to be given time. Let me play devil's, devil's advocate then, as a non-Forest fan. That is it as easy as saying, oh yeah, seven points from the next few games because you've had such a poor start and a poor end to last season. Can he, is it as easy as turning it around that quickly or, or, or is it is it necessary to say, look, we might need to be a bit patient and this, this season could still be a struggle yet? Not a struggle as in being around the bottom, but a nothing season basically. Well, I mean, I would take a mid-table season from here. But I know fans 
won't. And even if they come in the comments now and say, oh, you know, I'd take a mid-table season or a top 10 season, I think you know that Forest, with the money they've spent, will expect to be pushing. So it does put the pressure on straight away. I think he needs time. I mean, I, I did his press conference yesterday because Sarah's off and he's talking about how he's going to give every player a, a good look, uh, a chance to prove himself. That's 30 players, so I don't see how he can. I mean, I don't think that's that's possible. But I think he can have a decent look in these upcoming games at 20 of them, maybe. I don't know. I mean, the, the seven games in 21 days, you're not going to play 11 players in that, are you? So I think he's going to have to have a decent look at guys like um, in midfield, Arta, Sau, Colback, and Yates. I would think, I wouldn't be surprised if all four played. Um, and then up front, Graben and Taylor are going to perhaps have to rotate. The wingers might rotate. Now there's actually wingers to do it. I think the only way, to, the only position, I don't know what you're like, Dan, but I, I like a steady back four. I would run a back four into the ground just for continuity. Really. I wouldn't change the centre halves unless I had to, if yeah. they're playing well, as long as they're playing well, and then perhaps rotate in front of them. But if he can strike on a central defensive partnership while Joe Worrell's injured that works, then uh, I would stick with that and then have a bit of a rotation policy in front of them. Yeah, it's interesting, isn't it? Because I'm trying to half scan the, the mood of the comments and part of me feels like it's a little bit like um, the season that Villa did go up when Steve Bruce started the season and we had a poor start then and we we all praised Dean Smith for getting us there eventually and you look back with hindsight and go, yeah, but his squad was very good. They should have been better than they were before it got to that stage. I almost wonder whether you could make similar comparisons with Forrest this season if it does go well. And so uh, it, it almost be like, oh my God, I can't believe how well how how well Chris Hewitt did when in reality your squad should be doing that anyway. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, it's interesting. Isn't it? I think I'm right in saying, correct me if I'm wrong, but... When Bruce was first Villa manager and the Tony Gia or G came Jar. in, they Jar, they thank you. They signed all those players, and there's parallels there, I guess, in Forest yeah. signing all those players, and then the new man comes in and does an incredible job. And Hewton does feel like the right man for the circumstances because he's got the the track record, and he is quite similar to Lamucci tactically, which fans might not like, but I actually think it's quite a benefit that he's not. He's not conservative, but he's pragmatic. I think it's fair to say you'll probably see him play four two three one or four four three three, the sort of you know, but not all our attack or four four one one. So it's he's going to be fairly defensive-ish minded, but I think the difference is that he's going to be able to adapt, and if it's not working within a game, we'll see him make changes, which. Is, where where Lamucci fell down, I think you look back the was it the Huddersfield game where you know they were dire and he took off a striker and put a striker on instead of putting two strikers on. I I, I hope that Hewton isn't going to be like that and that he is going to be more flexible. And I'm not saying he's going to do a, a Dean Smith and take Forrest up, but I think they'll be much better off after a few weeks of Chris Hewton than they would have been if they kept hammering away at Lamucci because I think his his race looked run, uh, certainly by yeah. the time he left. Do you think that was almost... Cause we spoke about it, haven't we, off-air, when we, when we, you know, I sit here and give my two-penneth off-air after you've recorded the podcast. And I remember saying to you, when we looked at fixtures ahead at one point, I was thinking, oh, he won't be there for that Derby game. 
it almost felt inevitable, didn't it, when you get that far that you're having a bad run that he, he was going to lose his job at some point. So do you think it was inevitable that was going to happen and now you've got the right man? I know you've probably talked about this on previous podcasts anyway, but it's, now we're talking about it, it's like first game is here tomorrow. Is this almost the, the new start that Forrest are, are looking for again? I think it is. I mean, if there's been a lot of new starts with Forrest, hasn't there? The clock goes back to zero quite a lot of times with a yeah. new manager. And I don't think there's been many times I've advocated for the manager to go. And I think at the end of last season with Hewton, I was quite, uh, with Lamucci, sorry, once they'd stuck with him, I thought it was the right decision uh, to back him. Uh, but it was pretty clear that it wasn't going to work by... Oh, maybe even by that Barnsley game, the first League Cup game with hindsight. They were so dire in that game. Um, they looked like a team carrying the baggage of that Stoke game, which was understandable because it was such a disaster. So now the new man comes in and it is a restart that they needed and it does give that bit of zip about training. And I wouldn't be surprised if they were... Well, I don't think they'll concede late goals anymore. Um, that was a... Became symptomatic of um, of that Lamucci team, and to me, I don't know if you agree. Uh, it's either tired minds or tired bodies. If you're consistently conceding that many late goals, and I don't yeah. think I don't think Hewton's going to let them uh, let that happen. I think they'll be sharper mentally and physically under him. I've got two more questions for you, and for the comments as well. Before I let you go, um, more broad questions. First of all. It's a difficult one considering the amount of signs and the fact that you've had a poor start. But what do you think uh, Forrest... I oh, almost said Villa then. What do you think Forrest's strongest eleven is now? Um, I would say Samba in goal, Christie, McKenna, uh, Worrell if he's fit, or then you either Dawson or Emberso uh, as a back central defenders. Left back's interesting because I'm not seeing much of uh, Ayanu, but he did well, and it feels like Ribeiro was on the out. So whether he gets back in, uh, I'm not sure. Um, so I'll say Ayanu at the moment, with a, with a caveat of having to see more of him, and then um, Knockhart on the right or left, um, Joe Lolly on the other flank, assuming he can get back to his form. Um, central midfield, uh, Arta for sure, uh, definitely Arta. And then I still go Colback, although I think he's been pretty average since he came back to the club. Um, but I think that's a bit understandable because he hadn't played for a year. Uh, it seemed I, I was a bit surprised he played in every game, um, under Lamucci. Um, because of his lack of football, but I guess the theory was that if he plays every game, he'll get up to speed. Yeah. So if he can get back to being the player that he was in his loan spells at the Forest, then uh, I'd say Colback. And then um, one off um, Graben, I would say. So yeah, I still say Graben up front, um, which is harsh on Taylor because Graben hasn't done very much at all this season. He's missed chances. You know, I, it, you know, it'd be lying to say he's played well, but I think. Uh, he'll get goals um, given time. I mean, he pointed out in a piece, I think it's come out already. I wrote, I think it's been a blur the last few days, but <laughs> saying how um, 
it took him seven days, seven games to score his first goal for Forest when he signed, and then he had a good season. So I think once he gets one, he's one of those players that's going to get on a roll. So I'll say Gradman up front and Freeman off him. So that would be four four one one or four three four two three one, depending how you line them up. So yeah, that would be my team, but I'm sure people would disagree. I mean, you could throw in other options there to be fair, couldn't you? You could play Gradman off Taylor or something like that, or Grzyki instead of Lolly. Yeah, if Grzyki, oh, if Grzyki signs, yeah, then um, then you'd probably say Grzyki over Lolly and Knockart as the wingers. You could make a case for three at the back, but that's not a Hewton, or I th- almost exclusively plays four at the back. So I don't think that he'll play three, but you could make a case for Dawson as the experienced one in the middle, flanked by a young Emberso and McKenna. So there's lots of options there, which there should be with 30 players. <laughs> Speaking of the transfer window, then just to, to end, the deadline's done now. You, you know, you might see um, Grzycki still come through the door if, if that was done before the deadline. But lots of signings, fourteen, maybe fifteen. How do you rate Forest's transfer window out of ten? Now it's difficult, isn't it? Because they've not had a good start. You've not even seen a lot of the players yet. But on paper, I know it's weird to uh, judge transfer windows at this point of the season rather than at the end of a season. But what would you say if you had to give it a rating out of ten? Uh, I'm just looking in the comments. I think I said about Luke Freeman. Sorry, of him being the number ten behind a striker. So yeah, sorry, you did. sorry to Greg Orham and Sam Jacklin, uh, Tom Jackson. Sorry. Yeah, uh, how would I rate it out of ten? God, it's difficult, isn't it? Because they've signed so many players. I mean, you could rate it anything from like a three to a ten. It depends how you view it. <laughs> I would. It's a difficult and it's a stupid it question, really, but it's part no, of it. No, I'd say uh, seven and a half. I mean, I, you know, I could talk myself in knots here. Um, if you're positive about it, they've signed some really high-quality players. If you, when you go through it, McKenna, Arter, Colback, Knockart, Freeman and Taylor yeah, and Christie would walk into almost every championship team, wouldn't they? So... That's brilliant. The question becomes, is it too many when you sign Diallo, Bashiru, Cafu, and you wonder now, how are they going to get a game? So you have to knock them down for that, I would say, for just for the volume of players. I mean, yeah. the counter-argument is that they've shipped out Adoma, Silva, um, Pantilimon, Carvalho, uh, and probably a few more. There's so many that I'm forgetting. Could you so, get some more, though, do you think? Uh, well, you yeah, don't you? Because the squad's so big. Yeah, I mean, there's still Heffler, Clough, and Bong who look a million miles off it. Ribeiro was frozen out. Does he get back in? Figueiredo was ready to return to Portugal. Um, so there's question marks over them going into January. So uh, I think you have to, yeah, look at who might leave, knock a few points off for just having such a ridiculously big squad. And I'd say seven and a half out of ten. I'm going to say eight, just for banter. Don't, <laughs> don't even know enough about Forest to say, but just to one up you, I'm going to say eight. There's a few people saying eight at, in the comments, to be fair. Yeah, perhaps I've been. There's, uh, people are more positive than I thought. I, there's a few eights and nine. even nines, yeah. But I'll, I'll stick with seven and a half. I mean, someone made a great point. I've already scrolled past it. Uh, no point having great players unless they start to play well together, which is why judging a transfer window at this point is silly, isn't it? Because you're looking at that going, oh, that's a lot of players. If they don't gel, then it's a bad window. If they're world beaters and you win the league, absolutely amazing window, isn't it? It's one to judge later down the line, not 10 minutes after the window's just closed. Yeah, like Houston said yesterday, um, you know, if 
uh, I asked him, is it a blessing or a curse to have so many games in a short space of time? And he says, it depends on the results. And he's right, really. I mean, if they win these games, then fantastic. And if he said, like, if we win a game uh, and it doesn't matter if we play well, then people are going to say I picked the right team. And if we lose a game, people are going to say I picked the wrong team. So you're almost always damned if you do and damned if you don't as a manager and perhaps Forrest are the same way with the transfer window. We'll just have to wait and see how it plays out. It's certainly been chaotic. It's the craziest one I can remember, even for a club which has signed 70 players since 2017. Oh, that's mad, isn't it? Yes. Um, well, well, we'll let everybody go. Thanks, everyone, for tuning in. It's been uh, almost 150 people for, for the majority of this uh, for 25 minutes on a Friday night. So thanks, everyone, for tuning in. I hope I've uh, been a reasonable host, considering <laughs> I have admittedly don't know enough about Nottingham Forest to host a podcast yet. Here we are. Uh, Matt, do you want to do a usual outro, seeing as this is your gig? Yes, uh, I'll bumble around like I do as ever. Uh, yeah, thanks everyone who watched along and for all the comments. I've been reading them as we go along, which is a bit weird when you're the person talking most. It's hard, it isn't it? Your, it is. It's difficult, actually. So, uh, yeah, we'll be back after the Blackburn game just to talk about that. And then next week, uh, I don't think I'm here because I'll be you know, in the recovery position in the corner of my house somewhere. Um, <laughs> back but, and forth. Yeah, but I'm supposed to be off. So uh, the main podcast will be the preview of the Derby game, I would think, which should be uh, exciting and a good one, obviously. Uh, and yeah, I think that's about it. Give us a rating on iTunes and subscribe on YouTube because we've picked up a load of subscribers in the last yes. week, which is good. And that's it. We'll see yeah. you all soon. Thank you very much, everyone. Shall, shall I press end? Are you happy with that? End broadcast. Thank you for listening to Garibaldi Red, a Nottingham Forest podcast. If you enjoyed today's episode, then please let us know. We love hearing your feedback. We'll be back soon with another episode. Thanks for listening. Yeah.